Thank you, Scott, for your introduction. Um, as you heard, I am Lydia, and thank you, everyone, for joining me here today. Let's begin this time with a word of prayer. Let's pray. Jesus, um, we thank you, Lord, for gathering us here today um, online to worship you and to hear your word. And I pray, Lord, that the words that come out of my mouth today will be not of mine, but will be of yours, that you will speak to the heart, hearts that are here to listen to your voice. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, I thought I would begin by sharing a little bit about my story. Um, here is a picture of my family. My husband, David, and I have been married for almost 19 years, and we have three children. Miriam, she will be 17 years old in December and just started driving, so watch out. Caitlin is 15 years old, and Ben is nine years old, and he brings so much fun into our family. And we also have a puppy, well, not so puppy anymore, named Bailey. And I'm sorry she's not on the picture, but next time I'll make sure to bring a picture to show, show you how um, fun Bailey is as well. And here's another picture of my family. Um, this is a picture of my family in Canada. It's, there's my brother Elliot and my parents. Um, this is a picture that we took right before we immigrated to Canada. And here's another picture. And this is some of my dad's brothers. Um, so my uncles and aunts at the airport to say their last goodbyes at Gimpo Airport as we, we, were, we were on our way on an airplane to Canada. And that's how I want to begin today. My family immigrated to Canada when I was eight years old in 1987. One of the first things I had to do as a third grader was to assimilate. I was taught how to assimilate. My mom taught me how to use a fork and a knife to cut my steak because we only use spoons and chopsticks back home in Korea. My mom made oatmeal. I remember she brought this box of oatmeal and she made it and she said, this is what you'll be eating in Canada. I love it now, but when I first tried oatmeal, I thought it was the most disgusting thing in the world. It looked gooey and it looked just gross. Just look at it. It does not look pleasant. And one of the few things I remember learning in ESL class, English as a second language class, Miss Alexander, she taught me not to talk with my mouth full of food. You might not know, but this is not something that we are taught in Asia as well. As a little girl, I quickly learned to assimilate to the North American culture. Assimilation is being uniform. In other words, do everything, do whatever it takes to be an American. Think American, dress American, eat American. But something happened to America in the past 20 months. It was not just the global pandemic, but America no longer felt like the America I knew. I have never been, I have never seen so much division in our nation, community, families, and it's more important, and it's important to identify that there has been disunity in the churches. And I don't need to name what caused those disunities and divisions. You can probably think of at least a handful of reasons that caused those disunities. And I want to ask you, have you also experienced division and disunity in the past 20 months? 
I have good news. I have experienced that diversity is a gift. Being different is a gift. When you look at the 12 disciples Jesus specifically handpicked, you will see that it was a diverse group of people. To name a few, Simon, Peter, James, John, and Andrew were fishermen. There was another disciple named Simon, and he was a zealot. He was a part of a movement that was trying to overthrow the Roman government for Israel to be a free nation. Zealots wanted their country to be free and liberated from Roman control. And there was another disciple named Matthew who was a tax collector who worked for the Roman government. He gathered taxes and handed them, handed them to the Roman Empire to advance the Roman Empire. And here it is. Simon and Matthew went zealously against the Roman Empire and other working for the Roman Empire. Simon and Matthew should have disliked each other. But despite the differences, they sat around the same table with Jesus and ate together with other disciples. They did life with one another for three years and more. They traveled with one another. They heard Jesus' teaching with one another. They saw Jesus heal the sick with one another. They saw Jesus have compassion for the poor and the widow with one another. They saw that the gospel of Jesus Christ was much more important to them than to be, dis- to be in disunity. That the gospel of Jesus Christ was much too important. Even though they were different, they chose to be in Christ with one another. Jesus shows us what the church is supposed to look like even before there was the first church. Diversity and race, ethnicity, language, social economics, male and female, and young and old. We have to embrace diversity. Diversity brings the beauty of being united through Christ. In Philippians 2, verses 1 to 2, Paul says, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same Spirit, being one in Spirit and of one mind. The city of Philippi, was a Roman colony known for patriotism. And in Philippi, the followers of Jesus who were announcing Jesus as the king of the world suffered resistance and persecution. And they were also going through some internal unrest and disunity amongst the Christians. Philippians, um, in Philippians 2 verse 3, Paul identifies that selfishness Selfishness as the cause that leads to unrest, disunity, and grumbling in Philippi. It's not true just 2,000 years ago, but it has never been more true today. In the 21st century, we are shameless about our selfishness. Selfishness, yes. Our current era has coined the word selfie. How funny is it that we have a thing called a selfie mode or a selfie filter on our phone cameras right here? And there are even selfie sticks so that you can take pictures of yourself. 
Just like the church in Philippi struggled with the dangers of disunity, our church today is also struggling with the dangers of disunity. I have been in church ministry for more than 20 years now, and I have seen and experienced what disunity can do to the church. Disunity in the church has brought church splits, deep hurts, people saying harmful and hurting things to one another, people switching churches, and sadly, leaving the church altogether. And history tells us that disunity in the church also destroys opportunity for us to be a witness to our community and to our cities. How can we bear fruit when there is disunity? How can the love of Christ overflow from us to our, to our community and to our cities? Have you experienced any sort of unrest or disunity in the church? Have you been hurt by the church? If so, I want to encourage you and share hope with you. In Philippians 2, Paul shared a cure for disunity in the church. The cure is to be united in Christ. Be like-minded. In love, in spirit, in mind. This urges one thing, to have the same mindset rooted in Jesus Christ, which means that we get along together in our struggles for the gospel of Jesus Christ. In 1 Corinthians 12, Paul talks of the unity and the diversity in the body. All parts of the body are connected and necessary for the health of the whole, and you are part of the body of Christ. In God's kingdom, no one is unimportant. One of my favorite authors and professors, Eugene Peterson, writes about this in The Long Obedience. He asks the question, he says, the question is not, am I going to be part of the community of faith? But question is this, how am I going to live in this community of faith? How am I going to live in this community of faith? This is actually a pressing matter in the Pacific Northwest. When our family first moved to Seattle almost five years ago, and we were searching for a home, I remember reading and the realtors all highlighting large lots, secluded area, private, quiet neighborhood. We have been in isolation for um, many, many months, um, some longer than the others. And let me tell you, it was hard. It was getting hard even for this introvert. But living in a community is also hard. There is a reason why the realtors are highlighting private homes, secluded, quiet. It's easier to live in privacy and in seclusion because living in a community is loud, noisy, messy, and sometimes complicated. But we need to learn to live in the community because it is in the message, in the messiness of community, we will experience grace. And learn to love even those that are different from us. And maybe even love even those that are unlovable. 
And Peterson continues in long obedience. Community is essential. Scripture knows nothing of the solitary Christian. People of faith are always members of a community. Creation itself was not complete until there was a community. Adam needing Eve before humanity was whole. God does not work with individuals in isolation, but always with people in the community. In fact, Jesus has prayed for us in this matter right before Jesus was arrested to be crucified. He says in John 17, 20 to 21, as Scott read, he says, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of you may be one. Father, just as you are in me, I in you, may they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have set me. Through this prayer, though we are diverse and have our differences, we are able to work out the differences by bearing one another in love, patience, gentleness, kindness, and humility. Going back to my personal story, when my first family immigrated to Canada, the quest was to assimilate quickly. So I assimilated quickly. And in fact, we Asians assimilate so well into Asian culture that we are labeled as the minor, as the model minority. To work hard, to study hard, don't cause problems, to be a good citizen to the American society. And I think I have done that pretty well. Here I am, born in Korea, raised in Canada, Korean Canadian American, master's degree in theology, ordained, have a beautiful family, living in a beautiful neighborhood. And I have assimilated so well that I'm serving as an associate pastor, not at an ethnic church in America, but in a predominantly white American church. But I come to Bethany with a different heart. I am not here to assimilate. I am here to be united. I am very different from many of you. As an immigrant, I have a different story. I did not grow up eating Easter brunch with my family or getting an Easter basket. I didn't even know Easter basket was a thing till a few years ago when I started working at a white evangelical church. Growing up, I got dyed hard-boiled eggs, and that's all we got. Maybe some um, rice cake. That was good, too. I did not grow up eating chicken and potatoes every day. I know this because when my kids' friends come over to our home, I always ask them, so what is your family um, go-to meal? I like to know what people eat. And usually they say, oh, chicken, potato. So it sounds like you guys just eat chicken and potato every day. Well, thank goodness I didn't have to eat chicken and potatoes every day. I grew up eating kimchi jjigae, kimchi soup, and tenjang jjigae, soybean paste soup with tofu. Very different? Yes. Diverse? Yes. Uncomfortable? Sometimes. 
we have lost the art of being uncomfortable with people who are different from us. Diversity is good. We are all uniquely created. Hard conversations are good. Challenging one another for growth in our faith is good. Uncomfortable, but good. Because it shows the world that even though we are very diverse, we are united in Christ through the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel of Jesus Christ, the love of Christ never changes. And that we cannot compromise. That is in essential unity, like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. The same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the same Holy Spirit that lives in you. And you come to Bethany Community Church with your own stories, backgrounds, hurts, joys, thoughts, and calling to be a follower of Jesus. And now I'm going to ask you, very different? Yes. Diverse? Yes. Uncomfortable? Sometimes. We're all very different. We are a diverse group of people, yet we are called to be like-minded. Because we are united in Christ, we can be like-minded, love one another, and be deep-spirited friends. And I want to invite you, God is on the move. So join in. Let our church be a testimony of God's story in our city. Be the church. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you because you have called us to be your daughter and to be your son. And you have created us all differently. But yet we can be a family because of your love and your grace. And we thank you, God, for inviting us to be part of that. And through being united in Christ, we know, Lord, that we can be in one, we can be like-minded in one spirit, in one love. And I pray, Father, for those that are here today that might be hurting or that might be discouraged or that might be even on the fence of deciding, I give up. This is too hard. It's too hard to be part of a community. I pray, Lord, that you will speak to those hearts. Speak the word of truth that you are a God of love, that God is love, and that your love always wins. So we thank you, Lord, for this time that you have given to us, and we give you our worship and our praise. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.